Hello everyone and welcome to Minute 2 of Season 5 Movie Raw Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Rennie Harlan directed and Bruce Willis starring action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob and joining me once again today is Jake Cluett of the Conair Podcast and the Deep Blue Sea Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Sorry, I'm not Italian. What can you do? There's certain things that uh, you don't you don't have a choice, but <laughs> but we're in the heart of democracy, so one hand yeah. washes the other. There you go. <laughs> so minute two begins with John continuing to try and get out of a ticket, and ends with a large crowd gathering by the information booth. So we ended things off yesterday with John talking to Joey Triviani's father, the actor Robert uh, Constanza, trying to get him to agree not to write a ticket. So he continues to explain that, uh, you know, his mother-in-law already hates him. And he continues by saying, because I'm not a dentist. Look, I'm a cop. LAPD. How about Team Spirit? Oh, I was in L.A. once. Hated it. I can understand. I don't like it much. Hey. Then he screams at the tow truck guy. He goes, hey, there's a plastic fender up there. Take it easy. Then he turns back to the cop and says, cut me some slack, will ya? I was a cop in New York. I only moved to L.A. because my wife took a job there. What do you say? Here we are in Washington, D.C., the heart of democracy. One hand washes the other. Come on, man. It's Christmas. So <laughs> I love that they, they take this part of the minute, you know, which basically it's about 30 seconds to quickly recap the changes between Die Hard and Die Hard 2. Beautifully done. This, yes. this, it's, it's natural exposition, or kind of. It's a, a little clunky. Uh, but I, I, I like that they get it out of the way. It's like, yeah, this is da 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 I'm here. My wife's up there. We did this thing. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah. Correct. It's I mean, it's it's a little strange, the whole, the, the you know, the, the whole thing that, that he actually would move to L.A. because of all this. You know, his whole excuse was is that, you know, he's he's too busy with the type of, of work that, that, that he's, you know, doing in New York. I know that's part of – partially it was an excuse – but there is some truth to it also. It's, uh, you would think, and obviously by seeing both Die Hard and Die Hard 3, you also see that the type of police work that is done in New York is very different than the police work done in L.A. See, I, I think it makes sense for him to have moved to L.A. At the end of well, he didn't have a choice so like, if he wanted to save his marriage. Well, this is true. So, so in Die Hard, he realized two things. He realized how much he still loves his wife. Because like when she was in danger, he was desperate to save her, so he wants to be with her. He right. also realized that whilst he has a, a long, like several years worth of criminals, he was on the, he was still trying to chase in New York. They still have criminals in LA as well. Yes, they're just as bad. They could come down and save them too. Uh, no, but it's, it's, so, it's a different. I, you know, I, I've always seen. You know, when you look at movies or TV shows that take place in LA and things that take place in New York, New York is much grittier. You know, and John McClane seems to fit into the grittier aspect of it than the non-gritty aspect of L.A. The, Absolutely. The yeah. type of crimes you see in L.A., at least on the level of where, where he's working, you know, it seems like they're more white-collar type crimes. You know, he's not in, you know, the, the back alleys and stuff like that as a detective. He might be, but he's talking with, you know, later on in the movie, he... He's talking with his quote unquote partner, uh, Al Powell. Yeah. And, you know, he's not in the back roads area of, of 
of LA or whatever it is. I don't know. It's it's needed for the movie. You know, it's needed to explain why John and Holly are back together and they're still together. Stuff like that. You know, like in the next movie, they don't really explain very well what happened. You know, we'll we'll get there hopefully in two seasons from now. It's it's like yeah, a but, it's a throwaway line in the in the movie. As you've said, he feels out of place in LA, so we can only assume that he felt the same way by the time of, of the third film, and that's why he's back in New York. Because correct, obviously, but but apparently, his apparently his you know his relationship with Holly, uh, there were there there were bumps along the way. You know, even after all the events of this movie, because at the end of this movie, spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched the whole movie, and if you haven't, I recommend strongly that you go and watch it right now before you listen to all the rest of the 124 minutes that we're going to talk about this movie, because it'll make more sense if you've seen the movie. Um, you know, they, they seem quite happy at the end of this movie. You know, this is the second time yeah. that he's quote unquote saved her, you know, and their, their, well, their love seems to be there to stay. I mean, they, they seem happy at the start of this movie as well, because at the end of the movie, they have other things to celebrate. Correct. So the start of this movie is kind of them in mid relationship, not in peril. Yeah, or out of peril. Right. So that they they seem happy then. I think it's, it's more correct. Important. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, it's it's funny that the you know the the response from the from Vito the cop, you know, he's like, oh, I was in LA once. I hated it. So what does that have to do with anything? It's like just because you hate where I'm from, that's why you're not going to help me. You know, it's he's trying yeah, to look at the, yeah. you know the what's it called the blue wall. Yeah. You know. I don't have not an expression on the video. No, the the blue wall is is like cops are share, you know caring for for one another. You know, blue bloods, blue wall. I see things okay. like that. What? And... But then again, we'll get we'll get into it. But but Vito's not really a cop. You know, he's 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 yeah. he's a he's an airport policeman. So it's not the and, same. And hit, McLean's just trying to appeal to his humanity. But he's already started writing the ticket, so John should know that that's it's already begun. He can't go back at that point. Uh, it's again, still, I'm still on Vito's side. <laughs> yeah, it's still John's fault. Take the ticket. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm on, I'm on Vito's side too. But, but I don't, I don't like his response by saying, you know, oh, I was in LA once, I hated it, and and if he would have said, oh, I was in New York once, I loved it, so okay, I'm gonna throw away the ticket. You know, it's like it's not, it doesn't sound like that's something that would really have helped. Yeah. In this case, maybe why Vito hated being in LA was because of the LAPD. Because that's what John says. Oh, I'm, a, I'm an APD, and maybe that's the reason Vito. Like this is you ruined my trip. I, I, something about the LAPD ruined his trip there, and that's why John has to. Um, has to maybe out maybe, the LA, maybe he got a ticket. There we go. That's what inspired <laughs> him to become a, an airport cop, was so he could get one back at anyone visiting uh, DC from LA. That's right. He's looking. He's looking for people who are waiting waiting to pick people up from from LA. There you go. Oh, you you want to go to LA? Oh. There you go. I'm gonna give you a ticket. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Correct. And again, I I like the fact that that this is you know going back to what we were talking about yesterday about the fact that this is probably taking place in 1989. So we're only talking a year or two uh, from when John you know saved Nakatomi. Yeah. Um. So you know to. You know, it 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 shows that it's still a a new transition for John. Also, the fact that he's in LA. 
Good. You know, this, this script will get a little bit more into that. We'll talk about that at the end of this minute. There, there is some lines that, that relate to this, that they expand a little more on this. Uh, but I, you know, I like the way that they do this here. Now, also, he says the heart of democracy. What the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> so they're the heart of democracy. What does democracy have to do with, with, with get, letting me off of a ticket? He's clutching at straws. He's rambling. He's spiraling. He just he's using anything he can think of. For sure, but it's just funny that that you know he's saying the heart of democracy, Washington D.C. You know, one hand washes the other. You know, there there's just some very interesting phrases here. You know, the, I mean, the, the the team spirit I can sort of understand, yeah. but the the rest of them don't like. What is one one hand washing the other? Like, what is John doing for him? <laughs> that 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 he should be getting you know uh reciprocity for you know one hand watching the other means i do something for you you do something for me okay what am i i'm i'm making it so you don't have to you know uh so you don't have to uh uh, write up a ticket i don't know that's it like for the end of a film that makes sense because like john saves the day they they tear his ticket up it's gross. correct. Uh, but that's true. That's not. It doesn't apply yet. In two hours' correct. time, maybe. Exactly. Um, so, what do you know about Washington D.C.? Uh, I have been there uh, briefly, just like as a pass, passing through on a, on a short vacation. But other than that, it's where the West Wing is set, and many other shows um, take place around the American <laughs> politics. Um, and the DC stands for District of Columbia. <laughs> what a great deal! I don't know much about most American places. Okay, that. uh, that's fair. So Washington DC, which is also known as the District of Columbia, it's also known as Washington. It's known as the District. It's known as DC. So it is the capital city and a federal district of the U.S. Uh, it's located on the east bank of the Potomac River, and it borders Virginia and Maryland to the north and to the east. It was named for you know who it was named for, don't you, Jay? That at least you know, right? Uh, uh, George something, yeah. Exactly, George Washington, the the first president, the founding father of the U.S. Um, and the uh, so when when they when they wrote the Constitution, they provided for a federal district that's under the exclusive jurisdiction of the Congress, and that they called Washington D.C. It's not part of any state, and it is also not a state of itself. Um, and people, people who live there, you know, you have uh, Georgetown, Alexandra; those are partially recognized as part of Washington D.C., even though they are still part of Maryland or Virginia. And basically, they have a person in the House of Representatives. Uh, but there's no senator from from uh, from D.C. because it's not a state. There are 131 neighborhoods in it, and according to the census in 2020, there are 689,000 people that live in Washington D.C. It is the 23rd most populous city in the U.S. Um, also, it is the most it is one of the most visited cities in the U.S. There are more than 20 million visitors that that. Uh, that show up in Washington every year. Yep, I've been to Washington a few times myself. Uh, you know, it, it has they have like tons of, of museums there. 
I my my favorite is the Air and Space Museum. Uh, uh, that, that's a, you you would like that too, Jay. Well, we we did not visit if you're ever there. Then. We did not visit any of the museums when we were there. We did an open bus top tour, and that was about it. We were there for a couple of days. Like, right. So that that that's Washington. <laughs> and you know the again the one hand washes the other. It's a very strange uh, phrase. It's basically a a, uh, a proverb that originated in Germany. That that you can find it in uh, in a work from 1599, where when translated into it's a German work, which when you translate into English, it's as as it were, one hand washeth another, and one man aideth another. So again, it goes back to the whole idea of someone helping someone else uh, and getting something back in return for it. Which again, in this case, I I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't seem to fit. But it does. Yeah, and apparently Vito doesn't Vito doesn't doesn't buy it either. Even the final, you know, uh, push that John gives by saying, "Hey, come on, it's Christmas." Oh, Santa Yeah, I, it does. It doesn't make sense, but it does. It does work for the situation the character is in, just trying to scramble and cut his straws yeah. and, and say anything to try and get this guy out of the ticket. That's a yeah, lot. Correct. correct. And then Vito says, "I have Santa Claus to give you another car. Merry Christmas, pal." And he gives him the 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 ticket, and he goes, "It's all yours, Murray." You hear in the background, "You got it, Vito." So, h- how many times that day has somebody said to Vito, "Come on, it's Christmas," and he's given that exact same? Oh, Santa Claus for a new like, like is that his his stock <laughs> response to that like that response that week? Every time somebody's been, like, "Come on, it's Christmas," that actually makes sense. Like, it's got to be that makes he's sense. Got to have that in the chamber. Yeah, yeah. So the we we never see him, but we hear the character Murray. Do you know who plays Murray? Uh, Rennie Harmon. David Willis Senior. Okay. Bruce Willis's father oh, that makes sense. So okay. it's pretty it's pretty ironic that Bruce Willis's father is the one towing his car away, or at least he does the voice. Whether it's actually him or not, I don't know. Uh, he's credited on IMDb. Then it must be true. So I I don't know if it's true or not, but that that's you know we we take it at face value. So, um, do you know what the name Murray means? No. As you and I have talked about, <laughs> I don't think names have meanings, but there we are. <laughs> well, apparently this one does. It is a. It, it comes from uh, British origin. That means from the sea town. Okay. Fine. Okay. And now, as as we know, this can be either a first name or a last name. Okay. Uh, do you know any famous people's first names? Uh, uh, Murray. Yeah, there's M- Murray Walker. First name. Murray Walker is a sports commentator in uh, the UK. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I've never. I, heard I of think Murray Walker, I think so he I does. I think he does Formula One racing. Um, that's the only one I can think of. Yeah. Okay. There you go. In uh, you have Murray Walker, who is an English motorsport commentator and pundit, yeah. who passed away in 2021. He was 98. He did. Wow. Yeah, he he was doing it until like I I hate sport, I hate watching sport, but he's like a, a really recognizable voice. Okay. Wow, well, kind of thing. He's yeah, he's a real. He was a character, uh, but that's the only Murray I can think of. Right. Okay, well the, the 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 biggest named Murray that I know is F. Murray Abraham, who is yep. is an American actor. Not a first name, that's a middle name. But there we go. All right, but he's known. He's known by that. <laughs> if it's F. 
it means that he doesn't care about his first name. And that's the one he goes by. Fine. What do you think people call him? Do they call him F or do they call him uh, Murray? And I'd, they're speaking to him. I'd call him Abe. I'd call him Abe. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Uh, I'd call him Salieri. Exactly. That's true. He, that That is who he is. And what about last names? Can you think of any famous people with their last name? Um, yeah, there's all of Bill Murray's brothers. That's right. There's Bill Murray and his family. So, yeah, you got Bill Murray, you got Brian Doyle Murray. Um, I think John is one of them. I don't remember all four. Uh, one of them's in Mad Men. I can't remember which one. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's probably Brian Doyle Murray because cause I. It's not, it's not Brian Doyle. No? It's, it's uh, a different one. Uh, I, I never thought that any of the, the Murrays, besides the two of them, uh, amounted to much, you know. I know that one of them. Joel, one of them is Joel. Joel. Okay. Ah, maybe Joel. Joel, yeah. Joel is the one who's also in um, in Scrooge, isn't he? He's the one who plays his brother, doesn't he? Uh, pass. Pass. <laughs> who are you passing to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hang on, I'm just trying to have a look. <laughs> Joel. Uh, so yeah, Joel Murray is in Mad Men. Uh, he's Fred. Uh, I think he. This is himself in one episode. Uh, um, right, I'm pretty sure Joel was the one who was in uh, Scrooged. Yeah, uh, he's he plays guest in Scrooged. He doesn't play his brother. Oh, so maybe it's not his brother. Maybe it's John who plays the brother. Uh, it's one of the other brothers, or it's the fourth brother. <laughs> the fourth brother is John. Uh, it's, it's John. It's it's John. Yeah. John plays James Cross. In Correct, Scrooge. and and he he was also in um, uh, movie violations. I always found him very funny in that one. You know, he's I have not seen he's him. not up to par with, with his brother, but uh it, it is a pretty funny uh uh you know, spoof of you know, it's about a group of people who need to de- to do uh um they need to do a driving course. You know, so the, he he tries to act like his brother, but doesn't doesn't work completely. Oh well. <laughs> and then after this, uh, John basically mutters under his breath, "Son of a bitch." What I, I found it very interesting that the the term "bitch" um, became more prominent over time. Meaning, in the beginning of the 1900s, it it mostly referred to a dog, and then little by little, it started referring to to women or the fact of "son of a bitch" and stuff like that. Uh, where it, yeah. it, you know, nowadays when whenever you use that phrase, most people will not associate it. Their, their first association will not be the dog. So it, it also means That's to true. you know someone who's uh, dissatisfied with something, complaining about them. You know, it's a way way of complaining stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at that point, the 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 shot changes, and you know, John basically. Has has agreed to the fact that this is what's happening. There's no way of him getting out of it, and you know he does, at least he doesn't have to worry about parking at this point. Yeah, well, the, the car being towed away it adds a, a element of finality yes. to the situation, sure. I guess. <laughs> yes, and then his pager begins to beep, and he picks it up and looks at it. You know, he he seems first of all until he finds the beeper, it's pretty funny. You know, and then the shot changes, and we get to see the the inside of. The airport, we see this huge Christmas tree. We see lots of people walking around. We see a whole bunch of people 
Um, you know, it's a very o overcrowded airport. This was filmed in LAX, even though it's supposed to be Washington, D.C. You know, this is one of the things that, that, that I got from the commentary uh, from Rennie Harlan, you know, that he talks about the fact that, you know, you have the outside shot taking place in Denver and then the inside shot taking place in LA and, you know, the, the, the way that things uh, keep changing. Movie magic. Movie magic that, that we will talk about, uh, I think, tomorrow as to the, uh, or maybe, maybe it's even on Thursday, the problem with that movie magic. But, but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> and so they give us a nice panning shot of, like, it goes down from top to the bottom of the Christmas tree. We can see how much people crowded around the information booth. And we even can see um, the area for NEA, Northeast Airlines, which is a fictional airline used for this movie. But I like that they went forth and did and used and gave us the detail of, you know, having a ticketing uh, area, you know, for Northeast Airlines in order to make it seem as realistic as possible. You know, you have the ticket counter and stuff like that. Um, and that's pretty much how this minute ends. So, Jay, did you have anything else to say? We, we get, yeah, there's some music that, that, that We Wish You a Merry Christmas is playing in the background. Yes. Just to yes. cement in that this is a, a Christmas. Oh, this is Christmas. That, that, that's what that tree is for, free, right? No reason. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, which, it's a... A very English Christmas carol. We should Merry Christmas. Talking about figgy pudding. Right. No, it's actually interesting that that you mentioned about the music because uh, tomorrow, you know, we get different music. So, you know, it's just a few seconds of the uh, the elevator music, basically, of, of hearing, you know, uh, wish you a Merry Christmas. And I want to. I had a note for yesterday, but I want to talk about today instead. I just Bruce Willis in a cardigan does not seem right to me. I don't know what it is about it, but I know I know it's cold weather. It makes sense, but just Bruce Willis does not belong in a cardigan. <laughs> it's 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 just wrong. Well, so apparently whoever it. dressed him didn't feel that way. <laughs> what can I tell you about that? <laughs> All right, you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get to the script? Nope. All right, so the the, the script is pretty much the same. There's there's just a few. Uh, minor changes here. So when Vito says to to John, I was in LA once, I hated it. So John's response is, I can relate to that. I hate it myself. And then, you know, he screams to the tow truck guy, to his father, basically. And then he says, see, I used to be a New York cop. I still got my ID somewhere. And he like, it says that he starts shuffling around looking for an ID. And then he says, I only moved because my wife got promoted. As opposed to my wife got a job there. And they said, look, maybe we can sell this right here. We're in Washington, heartbeat of democracy, one hand washes the other. It makes it sound as if he's trying to bribe him by the way that he says it. Let's, <laughs> let's settle this right here. My, uh, my New York, my, I look for my New York ID. It's in my wallet. That's and hey. Oh, look, what else is it? <laughs> what else I just found? Hey, I found a $20 bill. Also. This isn't mine. <laughs> That's right. So I, I don't know. <laughs> and then it continues along and it's, you know, they, they dr drives away and then McLean tries to convince him and says, it's Christmas. Hey, come on, it's Christmas. So then he says, so ask Santa, bring you another car. But the car's already gone by that point. <laughs> hey, Barry, no, back it up. Back it. We changed our mind. <laughs> That's right. And then it says, you son of a, and then it gets cut off because it, he gets beeped. 
And this is a, a, the beep drowns out his last word. McLean sweeps aside his coat, finds the beeper on his belt. He looks at the obviously unfamiliar number on the readout in puzzlement and then runs into the terminal. So, yeah, it's, it's a very strange way to do it. I'm glad that they changed it. I, lo- I, I like it better in the movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. So every Tuesday we have a new segment called Disaster Tuesday where we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, airplane disasters that have actually happened uh, over the years that are somewhat related because this... Oh, good. Keep Keeping it light. Good. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, well, we're trying to keep it real, not just keeping it light. We're keeping it real. You know, the movie okay. has an airplane crash. For Spoiler for those who, who haven't uh, figured that out yet or haven't seen that, but, you know... It has a beast one. Yes, that's true. Well, there's one crash. The other one, I don't know if you can call it a crash. It's more of an explosion. <laughs> it doesn't end well. No, no, that's true. <laughs> so my first question for you, Jay, is, is and now I, I know where you're from, and I don't know if I don't know if you keep it, you know, keep yeah. that information secret or not. But um, there was I'm English. You're English. I'm that English. I know. But there actually was a famous airplane crash uh, in or close to the town of where you live. Oh, Bournemouth. In Bournemouth, yes. Okay. This is news to me. I did not know this. Yes. Okay. Well, you... I have an alibi. <laughs> well, I think you have an alibi because it happened in 1910. So I think I, I oh, think God, I think even your grandparents yes. have alibis. Uh... I was definitely elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, the pair of of uh, entrepreneurs known as Rolls and Royce, who created cars. So Charles Stewart Bowles was killed in a plane crash on the 12th of July, 1910, in Bournemouth. When he was was 32 years old, he was actually the very first Briton to be killed in an aeronautical accident with a a powered aircraft. He was flying a Wright Flyer, which uh, the tail broke off of it while he was uh, flying over Bournemouth. What a statistic to have. Of your family history, I'm I'm so glad that that they have the, the car manufacturing to get back on, rather than so we haven't got some like descendant of 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 Rolls was it was a Rolls who was like oh yeah my my great granddad first first man to die in a plane crash in Bournemouth. <laughs> are you are you familiar with the um, Hengisbury Airfield? I'm familiar with Hengisbury Head. Uh, it is a, a beach we go to for a dog walk on very often. Okay, so it's it's close to so where I you did are. not I didn't know there was an air, air, I don't know if there's an airfield around there at all. I've never seen it if it is. Uh, well, apparently maybe they closed it down. I don't know, but uh... <laughs> it's it's now a, a memorial. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I mean his his grave is is further away, I guess, because it's in uh, Langatok Vieben Avel at uh, Saint. Okay, not familiar with that place either. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, it, yeah, Heng- Hengisbury Airfield not coming up in any maps I'm looking at. Okay, Hengisbury. Yeah, Heng- Hengisbury. Hengisbury. Right. Uh, I, I visit often. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the the epitaph on his uh, grave is "Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God." <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Good luck to him. Exactly. So. Yeah, we, we were Hengisbury just last week. <laughs> Well, now you know. Uh, now you know. Next time you're there, to look around for something that might uh, talk about Charles Stewart Rolls. Okay. You never know. This is somewhat in homage to what what our good friends, the uh, Midnight Boys, did on Titanic, where you know every week they talked about yeah. uh, different uh, sea disasters. So I decided 
you know, why not, why not do something uh, in the same vein and talk about, you know, air disasters that have, that have happened. Do you have another segment based on uh, air beasts? No. Air monster no. facts? No. Sorry. That's I couldn't shame. find any. I couldn't find 24 of those. Didn't do that. So you have a, a crash of the week you'll be doing. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Jay, you want to tell people once again how they can get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, so another podcast I, I am on often is The Longcast, uh, a show I used to host. It's the official podcast of the Large, Associ- Large Association of Movie Blogs, The Lamb. And uh, normally every month I host Lampity, which is movie trivia, uh, very similar to Jeopardy. At the time of recording, it has been a couple of months since one came out. I've had some scheduling issues this year, but it will come back soon, hopefully. Uh, it is a lot of fun. Rob has gone and su- submitted questions many times. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but yeah, Lampity, you can find it on the Lambcast everywhere that movie podcasts can be found. Pretty much. All right, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, moviearoundminute.com. So until tomorrow, yippee ki yay! Yippee ki yay! If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, Quaint little villages in